Yes, 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 you're listening to episode 267. Those toys? Never heard of them. My name is Steve. <laughs> I'm joined by my buddy Rob. Hello, Rob. Hey, my dude. Hey, hey, hey. I'm here. It's, it's musical Where's chairs Paul? at the Joburg studio Ooh. because last week <laughs> we lost you to uh, no, no power. And this week Paul is powerless. Absolutely. South Africa is, 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 is losing its power. We have no power. But, but to uh, round out you, the here. panel, we yeah, thankfully mm. you are here. And thankfully we do have the Holy Trinity. We have a third member, a third wheel to this tricycle. If you are a long-time listener of G.I. Joburg, you've probably heard this guy's name come up a number of times. He is a member of the Berg Force. He recently celebrated a birthday. And as part of our Berg Force birthday initiative, we decided to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, he brings the wit in the comments section. It's Mr. Hans Chow. Hello, Hans. Good afternoon. Good sir. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I, I mean, we're once again a, a three time zone threat, but there's some symmetry because for me, it's midnight. For Rob, it's 6 p.m. And for Hans, yeah. it's just gone Indeed. 12 noon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. We are truly Hans, international. Who the hell are you, dude? What's your history with G.I. Joe, G.I. Joburg? Who, let's unpack this man, this mystery, this enigma, wow. this legend. Wow. Um, G.I. Joe has been a part of my life. Like my whole life, it's always been my favorite toy. Aside from, it's always been Lego and G.I. Joe. Um, I've collected them ever since I can remember. I've always had them in my life. Uh, with regards to G.I. Joe, the, uh, sorry, Joburg, um, G.I. Joburg, I first discovered you guys um when i can't remember what review it was i think it was the mean dog um i was now yeah i know i early early and then i i I saw the 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 video and i was like oh wow what are these guys doing so i clicked and i i subscribed and i started to watch each of your videos like oh wow this is really cool and in those days i didn't understand that you were actually from south africa and then what happened is when I realized you were from South Africa. Yeah, I must say the accent doesn't exactly give us away. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> very refined. Neutral. <laughs> you can yeah. say that if you want. <laughs> so I I went and I saw that you, no offense, I discovered South Africa was kind of third world, just like me. So I thought to myself, wow, these guys probably have the exact same problems I do with getting G.I. Joe and playing with G.I. Joe and Sure enough, the more I checked in, the more I realized you have the exact same problems. Supply, Third demand, world problems. Right, Hans, mm. I meant to make it part of your intro, but let the listeners know, where the hell are you from, my friend? Ooh, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. I was born in Canada, and then I moved down here when I was as soon as we could fly, and I've been living here pretty much ever since. Hence the accent. It's definitely True. not a Canadian accent. No. Canadian accent's kind of more, you know. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like all Canadians hey. speak like that, Hans. Jesus well, you know, maple syrup, and they all say, fever, you know, oot in a boot. <laughs> oot in a boot. Oh, dear. I think, I think what really sold me was when you first put out your first episode of Atlantis Factor. I saw, Jeez. I saw what you were doing with it, and I saw, wow, I haven't played with my GI Joes in so long. And then I actually, when I started to play, and then you all put out more and more. And I can't remember which video it was pushed me over the edge. But I went immediately onto Patreon and subscribed to you. And then right after that, I went onto Michael Mercy's Patreon and subscribed to him. Because you all had awakened 
something that I, I thought I'd lost with my toys. And mm-hmm. it kind of, it really did change how I not only play with my toys, but how I play with my kids too. And that's been years mm-hmm. since that. And, and that's, that's the history more or less. Well, something that our last week's guest, Mr. Ryan Sweeney, who is in the chats, uh, confessed to me off air, but I don't think he'll mind me making this public because it's absolute gold and I I kind of wished he had said it on the podcast. (laughs) I'm kicking myself that we we didn't uh, work it into our our on-the-record chat, but Ryan said that he now plays with his boy, like his son and he play, play action figures, which is... Perhaps something that didn't occur as 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 a father and son thing uh, before that. So, how look as far as I'm concerned, like putting these videos of us playing with toys on YouTube as as cringe as they may seem sometimes, they're like like chronicling this weird thing that we used to do because I think it might become a, a dying art of like like what do you do with toys? Oh, you, you act out scenarios. You kind of put yourself in these positions you role play you use this as an avatar for yourself i don't know if that's something that's universal and certainly something that like current generation is losing touch with but anyways i I don't want to talk too much meta hans i want to know about your earliest kind of gi joe like what was it that put the focus on joe i take it it was when you were still in north america and the stuff was plentiful and then you got out to trinidad and you're like huh where's joe my oh. I, was, I was months old when i left i might have been a year at maximum when i oh, left never mind then <laughs> so when i here's a, a crazy yeah ryan is right like i the same thing you said i now play action figures with my kids because i i'd forgotten anyway oh i, I didn't realize that <laughs> oh wow that's something you can do with your kids i didn't know that anyway so what my happened... son has no choice it's gonna be forced <laughs> upon him <laughs> Dad, I just want to kick the ball. <laughs> oh, son. This is Shockwave. He's awesome. Play with him. <laughs> I, the, the earliest memory I have of G.I. Joe, I was about, I'm going to say, three and a half years old, four, year, four years old. Um, my mother had a friend who was leaving Trinidad and Tobago, and her son was an avid collector. And I didn't realize what he was handing me at the time Thank you, guys. Anyway, he handed me a tactical battle platform. It was, it was, it was in good condition except for the glass. Well, closer to the transparent plastic part for the command part. Um, he handed me a version two Snake Eyes, uh, the bivouac, um, the Cobra Command post, and a couple miscellaneous other items. I can't remember what they're called right now. And before that, the only figures I had had were maybe a Viper. I'm trying to remember my first, first G.I. Joe. And then at that point, I had not seen the cartoon as yet. And if I had seen it, I hadn't understood it. I started to play army men with them, how you usually would. And it's just something that clicked in my head at how much I liked it. I, I don't know what it was. And then the next memory I have of G.I. Joe was when I was six years old. I had a good friend named Nicholas Scott. Um, we went to his brother took both of us out for lunch he's much older by about 10 years or so Um, he took us out for lunch and he took us into the toy store and he bought his brother a shockwave action figure and he looked at me and he said well which one do you want and I said well it's not my birthday it's not Christmas I don't get gifts and he was like 
one of those. So he went and he pulled Astro Viper off of the, the peg and gave it to me. And he says, every day is special. Live it that way. I didn't know what that meant. Wow. But, and so I we went home. It's similar to, to uh, life is short, so buy the damn yeah. shoes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And I remember going home Six and playing the city that logic. After that, everything is knowledge. And then when I was in my teens, I stopped collecting G.I. Joe. I always watched the cartoons. I watched Sigma Six. I liked Sigma Six. I liked pretty much everything they offered. And then I, when I finally went away to study in Canada, when I was 20, whatever, 20, after 25, sometime there, um, I ran into my, my buddy who from Trinidad and Tobago, and he took me around to show me where the comic book stores are and all that, because I don't know where they were. And I'm a, I was a, I still am a pretty big into that kind of thing. And he took me into a store and I saw G.I. Joe was still around, but of course in the 25th anniversary line, I was like, wow, look at how amazing these all look. This is Rise of Cobra figures and stuff like that. And there on one of the pegs was a Pursuit of Cobra beachhead. And he was like, you like them? I was like, yeah, man, these are awesome. And he was like, well, and he, same way, like my best friend's friend, my best friend's brother pulled beachhead off of the thing and said, yeah, I'll buy it for you. And then after that, I just snowballed into buying figures and I at that and I've been collecting ever since. It's been, oh my gosh, almost twenty years now. Could you quantify how many figures you have? I mean, <laughs> I, I assume, judging by the time frame of twenty years, it's entirely the new sculpt into modern era. It's new sculpt into modern era. I have a couple vintage vehicles, and I have a a select few vintage figures now vintage figures probably range about five and those are from my old collection the ones that es- the ones that had escaped my mother's garage sale um <laughs> yeah, i know it's terrible she sold the bug the rolling thunder she liquidated uh, oh no she, i know and but um actually i my i my collection is very modest at least in my opinion, I maybe have <laughs> 10 vehicles, maybe. And I'm, it's probably less. Are and, those 10 vehicles under consideration in this episode? Did they make your list? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone that is on that list, I either owned or own currently. And the, most of the ones on that list are ones I own right now. The ones that I don't own were victims of my mother's garage selling, 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 selling. Anyway. And figure-wise, I maybe have maybe 70, 80 figures. Maybe. Healthy. Healthy enough for an adventure, but not too much that it becomes overwhelming. I think we can all agree that like a collection can become a ball and chain, a burden. If you have so much that you like, which which one do I take down off the shelf? Like there's just there's too many things screaming out at me. But of those figures, I'm not gonna say most of them are duplicates. They are Oh, nice. A bunch of Vipers, oh, a bunch good. of blue shirts, and but the rest. So, if we're just talking original figures, I maybe have sixty, maybe fifty. What are your top three troop triple the figures? Viper, top. Oh yeah, top top Viper. Thirtieth anniversary Viper with the chrome face. Viper in any vintage and any form. Okay. Uh, he is the chrome faced, yes, red arm guards. I think that that is the quintessential Cobra soldier because he looks like Cobra Commander. I find the blue shirt, while while quaint, doesn't really ring home to me. I'm not too sure why. Um, the other ones that troop build for me are bats because mm-hmm. you can destroy millions of them and it's 
It's okay. They weren't alive to start with. And Standard last... bets, or do you have every flavor that they released? I have one of every flavor, but the standard bat I army built. I have, and by good. army built, I mean four or three. I don't mean like I have a hundred. No, like four. Because <laughs> I know some my version of army building is a squad, three a heavy gunner, two infantrymen, and a squad leader, and that's as far as I go. But I know some guys' version of army building is this is my platoon. It's fifty-five men. This is the CO. I don't. I don't do that. Jeez. And the only other figure that I've ever army built is Iron Grenadiers because I like Destro's little faction. So I have a couple of them. For sure, man. That's that, a being good option, that being said, I have a fair number of blue shirts because I think they've had the most iterations in the anniversary lines. So I usually get a couple. But they're not my favorite. Five of For sure. I think the blue shirt speaks mainly to the the old school urge of like creating that Hydra-esque villainy. I mean, the, the blue shirt screams Nazi goose stepper, whereas the Viper is absolutely practical, tactical. Like this is a smartly dressed enemy combatant. So mm -hmm. yeah, it depends on where you fall on that divide. But I'm curious because this is a little peak behind the curtain of this episode ladies and gentlemen we were going to have five people on this podcast and in order to hopefully navigate the number of voices we were going to do a head-to-head -head battle which we've done in the past have 16 contestants and basically play them off against each other one-on-one -on -one until we whittled it down to like our ultimate i suppose matchup two very highly um pedigree toys and determine which one is the best by way of yeah. votes, keeping it de democratic. Scoop versus so Hammock. Each, <laughs> each of us submitted a list of 10 of our favorite Cobra vehicles. Oh, sorry. 10 of our favorite G.I. Joe figures, 10 of our favorite Cobra figures, and 10 of our favorite vehicles. I was going to distill from like over 200 toys because everyone went very eclectic. Um, <laughs> I was going to whittle that down to... Uh, a, a pool of 16. I've gone one step further and whittled it down to just Hans's picks and just the toys that Rob and I have never had any first-hand experience with. So Hans is going to take us on a guided tour through toys that G.I. Joburg have never considered. And I couldn't be more excited to, 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 to discuss toys that like are new to me. I mean, I live, eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff, but these toys... Have somehow evaded me and tonight today this afternoon we're gonna sink our teeth into it hans round one is renegades duke oh what so what do you want me to say i mean to me that's the quintessential duke he's the squad leader he has the tactical armor his face sculpt screams to me of a veteran soldier, but he's also youthful enough to keep up with the rest of his troops. Every other version of Duke I've always seen has been either trying to stick slavishly loyally to the old cartoon or a new version of Duke. And I think this one kind of captures it perfectly because ultimately he's a sergeant, right? And that Duke there speaks sergeant to me. Um... The Renegades cartoon is also one of those things that I think slipped under the radar of a lot of people, but it really was, I think, the best way to relaunch G.I. Joe to a new generation. 
my kids have watched it. It has a very small little team, but it also kind of fits into the idea that these guys are not superheroes. Like constantly in the cartoon, they ask them, who are you? And they're, they're like, we're just the everyday Joe. And that's how they worked in the GI Joe thing of it. Cause they're all GIs and they were all Joes. Now, but that Duke was his, his equipment loadout was a, a little strange in the sense that he didn't come with a rifle. He came with the weird little energy pistols that they did use. And he didn't come with the big energy pistol that he, his rifle that he used in the show. That was a little weird. But other than that, blonde haired, blue eyed, striking, featured, you know, leader of the G.I. Joe team who is in it for the rest of his, for, for the rest of his entire unit. That's the man. It's a fantastic toy. It's got all the modern articulation. It's got just enough shading. And man, underneath that vest, if you don't like how it looks, so it conceals his neck and whatnot, he's still a perfectly good figure. And you can, because it's the 25th anniversary or 30th anniversary in this case, you can throw on another web gear and you have a completely different look for him. So to me, that is the best Duke out there right now. So much so that I'm kicking myself for not buying two. <laughs> <laughs> One he does criticism. look really cool. Oh, really? Do you, oh. Think, do you have something bad to say about this thing? I mean, I'm just agreeing. You can't get away <laughs> from the energy pistols for the simple mm. fact that the one pistol tabs into his leg. Correct. So, I mean, I suppose it's 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 a pretty easy custom job to snip off someone else's holster and glue that into his thigh. I've had to do that recently, yeah. But oh, not you've to done him. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. No, not, no, no, no. My, the... my Duke is that. Look, when I say something is perfect, it's perfect. Energy pistol and all. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. But uh, recently, yeah. Pew, pew. Recently, I got. A is that how it sounds? Do you go pew pew? Come on, Hans. No, I go. I, this is the sound. I go. Pew, pew. That's the sound I make. Yes. Excellent. I, <laughs> I, I don't go pew, but yeah. But um, recently, I got a Leatherneck figure from the 50th anniversary who was missing a whole stun. I did have to do that bit of surgery to him. And I've realized that every single uh, little slot on every single modern figure, Joe, is the same size. So if you did want to swap those around, it's actually really easy. Super easy. Huh. Did not know that it was universal. It is. Well, I think Duke would buck the trend because that's, isn't that a square tab on the pistol? It's a rectangle. Yeah, okay. Well, look, he's, he's right back there, when the 25th anniversary was starting out, it was a round uh, port, and it would actually marry to the thigh screw. So, I, I don't, yeah. Like, I, I do recall trying to do that with Gung Ho that came in the 25th anniversary, that initial five pack. Right. Yeah. I think Those they became a lot of... more modular later on. Like, they really knew how to, like, put all these pieces together to create new characters and that, do them cheaply that that duke's legs have been used a few times throughout it so as hasbro is very good at reusing their parts i rob is actually mm. probably 100 percent right they did that on purpose to purposefully reuse those legs because those and, legs also go straight to law and order under the kind of the uh. the high collar bomb jacket that he's got as as body armor uh is a very civilian looking like dark yep. blue sweatshirt t-shirt yep. yep amazing custom fodder if you need just like a very civilian looking plain clothes duke 
people were people going crazy with that figure. People with that uh, Marauder. People buy a lot of Marauder accessories and slap it on that body and swap the head, and you have completely different figures. It's <laughs> it's a wonderful take on the modern GI Joe in the sense that it is Duke. He doesn't encapsulate everything Duke is, but he also is very much a soldier, and because of that, the body is fairly, you know, vanilla. But it's a great head sculpt. Totally a, blows yeah, away totally every other Duke that they did in the uh, modern era, if you ask me. But let's move on to another Joe. This one released almost just the other day. In fact, it was last Our... year. It's Stalker from the modern retro collection. This... Talk us through it. Have this you got one? I got so. so much flack. I and I almost didn't buy it because I I I unfortunately played that stupid game where you go and you look at fifth day reviews and you say you base your opinion on what these people have said. But the reality is this is this is Stalker from the from the old the original G.I. Joe team. And I almost didn't get him, but it's actually Matthew Comstock who was supposed to be here today with us. Happy birthday, by the way, man. <laughs> he sent that figure to me and I met him through you guys. So, you know, that, that figure means it's it, it's in the front of my collection now, in front of everyone else, because once again, it's just like uh, Ryan Sweeney sent me a custom Billy and that's in the front of my correct collection too. But this figure actually has more articulation than the original uh, modern era. It possesses, if you look Thigh right- Thigh swivel, hey. Yes, thigh swivels. He can cross his legs. And, and also he can sit with a one leg kind of perched over his knee over the like, knee that's right it's amazing and his feet are actually these they it's they're i don't know how to put it the best word i can think of is juicy they're these big chunky kind of feet that work that feel like he's really wearing boots they don't feel like they're painted on which is a problem i've, I've had with some figures which means that he fits really snugly onto the, the stand he's got his face sculpt it has that look not of a modern soldier but a soldier who was in vietnam he has the right mustache he has it's very time accurate you know and he has all the articulation it's the perfect color green the web gear that he's wearing is is perfect is a is, is a perfect you know ode to what he had before and I, I have to say i didn't think i would love this figure as much as i did but the fact that it was a gift and also it's one of the toys that i took out and played with in the wild and compared it to the old 30th anniversary stalker which it blows out of the water by the way i it's just another example and that, that Hasbro can do it if they wanted to. They can absolutely make a delightful line. And I think that, you know, once again, I suppose we, the consumer, I guess, just needs to be a more open mind and accept it. Because I find it's a shame that the retro line got shut down so quick. Because they, Stalker was really the beginning of something special to me. Has Hans sold this figure to you, Scoop? I think so. I mean... Yeah, I probably wouldn't have considered him because he was part of the retro line. I would have assumed that he would be not so good. But, yeah, I mean, he looks like a really good version of Stalker. And if he his articulation is absolutely amazing, I think I, I definitely would think about getting him. So what, they so stopped the retro hands line? On... I didn't know that. No. You've so got Hans on experience with this figure, Hans. 
<laughs> does it have fragility issues that so many people have complained about like mm. pins just shearing apart because I... I always suspect people just being careless like meaty grown-up man hands manhandling <laughs> their three and three quarter or four inch action figures like is he frail or is that just people blowing shit out of proportion i think that's if the if the one i have feels very robust no i i the plastic quality seems just as good as anything from before i have had um uh, a problem with grunt who's also from the same line where his left arm elbow his left elbow was fused but i also oh. i think that's an anomaly because every other figure i've got was perfect now i do this thing and i don't advise you do this but i have a, a padded wall and after i open a figure and play with it for about a day or two i usually throw it at the wall to see if it'll break um especially with gi joe stuff which i think is should be playable and this one didn't break so to me that passes the the drop test if if you know you are a freaking <laughs> lunatic <laughs> i don't do with vehicles i don't do with vehicles he takes it out of the packaging and he's like oh nice tracks it against the wall hey it's survived. only the strongest survive <laughs> this, is, this is some natural selection shit this is darwinian <laughs> darwinian evolution in toys only the strong Lawrence, toy you madman <laughs> unbelievable crazy. You're like Apocalypse from the X-Men. <laughs> I'm worried that when, if I play with it with my kids, they'll like, because my son is, even though he's a little older, he still bites things. And I'm afraid if it breaks off in his mouth, it'll be me high, like maneuvering a child. So I'm being extra careful. But yes. Well, that's also survival of the fittest, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no son of mine. <laughs> we'll choke on an action figure. <laughs> All right. I wish it came with a backpack. I do, I do uh, wish yeah. that the well, character came with a backpack. Oh, a backpack would it's be almost cool. canonical that that version of Sergeant Stalker or Stalker is very lean. Yeah. Like, even, this, even the classified one doesn't come with a backpack. I'm like, what? Come on. A backpack? All right. Let's have another Joe before we move on to the Cobra list. Uh, this time, it's an also from the Retro Collection, and it's Retro scarlet whose picture has disappeared from oh, my media bin so you're just gonna have to talk us through this looks amazing. uh i actually don't think i have to Ooh. oh shit chicken real where are you my sweet <laughs> i'd love to say i'm gonna cut all this dead air but unfortunately, given my situation of being on the road and using my data collection, data connection for these podcasts, I can no longer do any editing. So rough, so raw, and uncut. Hell yeah. So, That's Jojo. Uh, I actually, with regards to this particular Scarlet figure, I actually did buy two of them. Oh. That's really, let me see if I can get it in. Now. You can unquarter on the podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. He's gonna do. Absolutely. against the wall as well. I, I don't respect these cards, so <laughs> <laughs> trilingual bullshit. That's crap. It would give me a good file card, you know. Gosh, yeah. What no, does it I, say, I anyways? Oh, right. Scarlet is GI Joe's counterintelligence specialist. That's it. Nope. It doesn't even <laughs> say that. Even. It says O'Hara Shannon Shanna M. 
Role counterintelligence, primary specialty intelligence, secondary specialty classified, birthplace Atlanta, Georgia. This is the whole file card. Began martial arts training at age nine and was awarded her first black belt at age 15. Been wow, that that's shit. really that's inspiring. Garbage. <sighs> Everyone wants to know if we're going to see the wall test. Oh, you want to see the wall test? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Scarlet. Her neck is a little stiffer than the last one. That's okay. So this is Scarlet. Now, what really sold me on this figure... Oh, that head sculpt is perfection. It's Mm. amazing, dude! It's crazy! To me, that's... Look, I'm a bit miffed that she comes with the Cobra Trooper web gear. I think that's a stupid inclusion. Why bother? There you go. This thing? It, yeah. This is a garbage accessory. I didn't use it on the other one either. It's uh <laughs> it's uh it it doesn't she never wore it. Right? Yeah. Never wore it. So why the quiver, however, stunning. Oh, the quiver's fine. Now this crossbow is probably, I think, the worst accessory in existence. Uh this is why chink in the armor. Look, I don't know why. Crossbows always were two-piece affairs. I guess it probably has something to do with the, the manufacturing process. Like, it would be very difficult to press a crossbow with those kind of angles. What? Yeah, no they, be... did it with, they did it with um, Chewie's uh, bowcaster. Yeah. Oh, true, I, true. But I think Chewie's bowcaster might actually be a better crossbow for her. But this thing looks like a ship anchor. It's... I usually swap it <laughs> off quickly. You know who's who's one I swap it off for is actually the pursuit of Cobra Scarlet's pistol crossbow thing, because mm. it's a much more accurate representation of what the crossbow should be. And pursuit of Cobra is, Scarlet, that being the oh man, the first pursuit of Cobra, not pursuit Scratch of Cobra Scarlet. Sorry, Rise of Cobra Scarlet. Rise of Cobra. Oh yes, Rise of Cobra. It is which a is also a two piece, which fits in a holster. That she has that you can take oh, off yes. and put on other figures, which <laughs> is going to go very much on this figure. Now, the nice thing is that eh, she has one. It's a bit too big, if you ask me. Ah, it's, ah, <laughs> it's the only crossbow with a holster that I know of, and it's, it's you know, she's got all the modern modern articulation. She has the back, the fore, the double jointed, double jointed knees. She's in the classic version one. Um, Outfit. She has just enough extra detail with regards to the pouches. And oh yeah, she needs to be minimalist. Like she was in a unitard before, with a sort of weapons sculpted mm. to it, but still, it was very slim, very fitted, very unpractical. But it was Scarlet's went, signature look. This cuts went, a, a great middle them. ground. And they, they they even painted the little. I don't know what that red thing was ever, but she always had it. And they went ahead and did Since it. Since it's on her right shoulder, I always imagined it was some kind of bracing or support for uh, cradling her sniper rifle or shouldering so. a, a rifle. Uh... She's got a Remington sniper rifle as one of her weapon specialties. It is yep. itemized in her original file card. So she is sniper trained. One All right. Fling test. Um, Oh dear, here mm-hmm. we go. But first, a little uh, s- little sniping from Darren Cobb, who says that Scarlet's file card, primary military specialty, following snake eyes around. 
That's it. Where's the wall? It's right over here. Oh, he can move it around. Well, no, it's a, it's kind of attached to a chair. It's like is is right there on the chair. Oh, that's the wall. Interesting. Yeah, right. He's recalling his bluff. I don't know if I wanted. He did it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He just threw it. <laughs> and she's okay. I don't. The one thing I'm really worried about is chipping. But all she because she Hasbro does this wonderful thing where they there's very little paint application, which a lot of people kind of hold against them. But because all of this is printed plastic, there's no chipping. Hang on. Ooh, he did it again. I did it again. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> One second, let me get her. <laughs> <laughs> let me get her from uh, <laughs> different places. Seven different pieces. Rob, I'm going to ask you one more time, man. In fact, I think I'm going to revert back to you on all of these figures and vehicles. Would this get you to, to go out and click block on it? It's fine. Hey, she's she in lives. good condition. I think I would. I think this is a good update of Scarlet. Um, even probably in a, a huge improvement. I mean, I don't mind the face on the original vintage Scarlet. A lot of people do, it seems. Um, but, but I think this is a fantastic version. Yes, but who would you kiss, though? You know, <laughs> in the club, Look, I would at least love. this version you're not going to run the risk of a flyaway girl crotch, you know. Vintage scholar, that's true. Or She's gonna stay, stay together forever. I mean, especially now, oh, after oh. the wall test. Oh, and here, here's another thing that I know some people are concerned about the window about. to the wall. Recently, <laughs> recently, a lot of the G.I. Joe figures have come with plastic tees. She comes with a metal one, so she's actually lost ah. her goodness. What fantastic! What abomination, GI Joe figure come with a plastic <laughs> socket? I mean, plastic That's ball. Stalker does. Oh, gross! And so no, do all the GI Joe's thing. The metal T hook is the final <laughs> innovation that must remain on a modern GI Joe action figure. Otherwise, yeah, dude, they're just not hardy enough. Yeah, I the, agree. The, Absolutely. The terror of shearing a plastic ball T joint terrible anyways i think we have completed our gi joe figure list of figures that i mean you submitted a whole load of them hans but uh, these are the ones that rob and i have never had any experience with as i said never before. even thought about let's them. let's do some cobras now i've got three new let's figures do to get. renegade's ah! firefly War. renegade's firefly is the best firefly and i'm willing to go to the block for that one because of all the fireflies he's the only one that doesn't look like just a gray ninja he actually looks like he uh, granted i know in the comic books he was a ninja but everybody's a ninja in that comic book give me one second he actually. became a ninja this was some became, yeah. serious retconning by our favorite scribe mr homer let me let me do you one better let me do you one better yeah here he comes so take a look at that. Mm, 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 mm. Left, right, left, right. <laughs> right. Just fucking with so, you. Want. There are a couple things that people have a problem with this figure, right? And that the main thing is, of course, on the face, you can actually see his nose. Mm. He's got to breathe, man. I agree. I, I agree. Leave it. Let it think. Because everybody else in Cobra covers their nose. And that actually makes him unique. He also, in the show, these were grenades. He used to pull them right off his forearm and throw them at people. 
used to walk around with the same detonator. He came up with uh, a stockless AK-47. And I mean, the web gear, I don't think has ever been reused from this particular well, figure. More than a web gear, it's a sort of a tunic yes, that has all his greeblies on it. This guy yeah, doesn't need a backpack. He's got it kind of all kind of worked into his secondary. Absolutely. And I'm always going to say the articulation. Always. But this figure actually looked different to every other Firefly that came out. And it also personified kind of a real explosive expert slash arsonist. Now, in the cartoon for Renegades, he was he was a saboteur, but he was a little more crazy. But I think that kind of lent itself to me enjoying the figure more. Because when I first saw the design for the figure, I was like, rubbish, give me my original Firefly in camouflage. But when I actually saw him working in the show, and then it endeared me to the figure. And then I picked the figure up and put it against the other Firefly I had, which was the Rise of Cobra um, Heroes for Hire or Heroes Wanted Firefly. This one just stood above it head and shoulders with regards to how unique it was. And I think that even though Cobra can be seen as a group of maskless villains, you should always have some unique look to the heroes or the or the more you the you know the the the, the main characters and, and this firefly did something to separate it separate firefly from all the others because the reality is without it he really is just kind of a blue shirt in gray with camo because he didn't get much character building or anything and this one did it like perfectly the fact that he's an explosive expert with the high ring collar the fact that his web gear is laden with hand grenades, flash bangs, pliers, screwdrivers, things he would use in his trade. It even goes so far as to have the holster for his rather impressive knife. Eek. That's a sword, Eek. dude. That's a sword, yeah. <laughs> built in there, you know? And he came with all the right accessories because to me, aside from the lack of backpack, the cell phone detonator that says psychotic, you know, saboteur. <laughs> Granted, it doesn't fit perfectly with his original version, but, you know, my head cannon. And that's why... Only a I, psycho I, carried a phone that large around in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, a Nokia 1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Rob? That is a fantastic you know, toy. Why? I've literally never seen that. Like... I have seen, I've trawled Yojo like so many times, and I mean, obviously we've covered the retro figures coming out, coming out, but I've never ever seen this version of of Firefly. You've got a Hans even when I've looked at the Renegade figures, it's it's wild. There was some and it's good really stuff. cool. There, hmm. there was well, Rob, I don't stuff. think you've ever seen Renegades, have you? I I haven't actually. I've never watched the show. No. It's worth it. Okay. Well, G.I. Joe fight blue goo monsters. It's really Ooh. great. Okay. <laughs> it's salt. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunately Sigma 6. Um, and and I'm, I'm willing to throw it in there. Sigma 6 and Renegades entered into that weird spot where people who were diehard fans of the original kind of just detached and said, ah, rubbish. But uh, while I can't defend Renegades from any kind of moral standpoint, I can definitely say that, uh, sorry, not Renegades. I can't defend Sigma six from any real moral standpoint. I can definitely recommend Renegades to any GI Joe fan. Cause it's, 
it really does an excellent job and it's a shame that they didn't do a season two because the characterizations we got for every character we met i think was was a testament to the expertise of the writer and it should be watched and if not loved at least respected because i do think it did a lot of good things for the toy universe as well as the community itself and it is free on youtube as we speak from the hasbro yeah. youtube channel okay. so well, i'm gonna go watch it and it's short he's he's sold doubly is it short <laughs> it's like 40 14. episodes 14 14 oh, okay oh, crush that in a weekend yeah dude Bloody hell, I found my Scarlet picture. Oh, there she is. Hey. So one more time. Looking good, girl. That is a Let's good have another Cobra figure. figure. Hans, Pursuit of Cobra Destro. The City mm. Strike guy. Oh, Looking wow. like he's stepped off of Warhammer 4K. 40K. <laughs> 40K. City, City Strike Destro is the only modern Destro I own. Um... Hmm. And ironically, the one thing that sold me on him is not the size of the gun, but rather that he came with a suitcase <laughs> full of money. Right. <laughs> oh, did, is this Moneybags Destro? Sorry, I sometimes have a blind spot myself when it comes to the modern figures. And then I saw a picture of this figure online, and they had a 25th anniversary Baroness lying on a table, and they had put the money blocks all over her, and he was standing over her with his hands spread. And that also kind of endeared me to the figure. But there's something that says that it says a lot that the weapon salesman is willing to trust his own equipment and go into battle wearing it. So I did love that about him. Also, I don't know, usually we see Destro in black, but the 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 majority red and gray for something, it it yeah, I agree, Ryan. Absolutely. That money case, I use it all the time. But there's something to be said just about this one. It, I don't know what spoke to me about it. It just, it fit well. And when I put him next to the Iron Grenadiers of the 30th uh, line and the Pursuit of Cobra line, they all have a similar aesthetic. So they look more... Oh, I'm a 40K. Yeah, well, with a big wall of <laughs> the Terminator or Terminator 2 Judgment Day in Destro's case because he's got one hell of a minigun. And yeah. in the case of the Iron Grenadiers of the same wave, it's that smart gun looking affair. It's a grenade launcher, smart gun thingy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once it's, it's aliens, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely aliens for sure, 100%. Um, but you've, you've, you've never played with the figure at all, right? Yeah. No ways. That yeah. minigun is actually not held Super. there by his hands. There's yeah. a you can look down by his leg. There's a, a mechanical. Oh yes, there's a, a rig, a steady cam rig yes. almost. And this figure, because of the stability of its feet, can actually stand on its own two feet with the minigun attached and not fall down. And wow. it it speaks miles of the engineering that went into the Pursuit of Cobra line. Also, that face sculpt for Destro, while it I think it was reused from Rise of Cobra, it did feel more like a mask as opposed to the original. Uh, Destro, which didn't really feel like a mask. I felt like that was his skin. This one has the, you can look in the black and you can see the green eyes in the dead center. It felt like more of a face piece put on. So the money plus the rig plus the faith in equipment plus the mask feeling more like a mask kind of makes me feel like this is the best Destro in recent time. 
that being said, I always like the idea that he's in a suit sometimes and, you know, for weapon sales and things. But uh, that figure, I do not own, sadly. <laughs> well, I think it's time to remedy that. Although he is highly sought after, isn't he? This figure is $90 on Whoa. eBay. I checked, yeah. Okay. That's need- wild. Okay, I really like this figure because he looks so different from every other version of Destro. But I don't like him to the tune of $90. <laughs> People stop liking him so I can get him. <laughs> that figure is actually missing some accessories. If you if you take a look here real quick, I have the rest of them on him. Whoa. See? Oh. So he can, that's the armature, free form holding the gun. He actually comes with a backpack for the ammo feed as well. Now, is that a power suit he's wearing in order to carry all the weight that he's well, walking around with? What's, what's kicky as well, and this is unique to him, and I don't see it very often, is this armor actually is detachable. So he is underneath this. He's, he's actually just wearing normal fatigues. This is all just clip-on stuff. So I don't think it's actually power armored. It doesn't. It doesn't have any of the gyros and stuff that would be required for it. He's just Oof. that strong, and the the stabilization arm probably helps a lot too. Yeah, the stabilization arm probably helps. Yeah, and but you... he's still got a human spine and human legs. <laughs> <laughs> metal yeah. face, metal spine. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it is bionics then. Uh, where do you fall on Destro's man versus machine? Is the metal his skin? Is it a mask? What kind of other? Well, does he have bionics? Uh, Him having bionics has always been... I can't remember the issue of the comic. It was one of the few I owned when I was a child, but he had the wrist rockets launching from his hand. And I always thought that they were just gimmicks because I think it's a hard sell. It's, It's one thing to sell a guy a gun that he can put away in a safe and be cool with. It's another guy to... It's another thing to sell him to become a gun. So I believe that everything he has is detachable <laughs> off of him. You know, I think he's a weapon salesman. He's not a, a modifications guy. You actually deal with that in Renegades if you watch if you watch the show. It's if the Homerverse is your canon, he's lost both his hands, I think, to this point. They've both really? been replaced by Bionics. I didn't know that, mm. I didn't I didn't know know that either. Oh, that, so Baroness has a hard time then. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> Cold <Ooh>. touch. <laughs> Very hard time. Yes, <laughs> darling, please put your hands under hot water before you touch me. You know? <laughs> Not too hot, though. Yeah. <laughs> Conductivity of metal. I think those are the only two Cobra figures that Rob and I haven't sampled from your list. So I think it's time to talk some vehicles. I'm very Fresh excited. Air. We're going to... We're going to start small. We're going to start subtle. A tiny vehicle. The Cobra Mantis Mantis. from Rise of Cobra. This is a new sculpt era toy that was then recolored from its Valiverse Venom days into being this beautiful gray and red affair. So what about this little sub does it for you, bro? I mean... So once again, it's right there on my shelf. It's easy to grab. Oh, excellent. Oh, Sorry, I threw you <laughs> off the stream for a sec. Excellent. Bye. Goodbye. I'm so glad you have that toy. Goodbye. So this this is the sub. It's so first of all, it's I think about the size of the shark. Yeah. And I think you want to be able to fit it in your hand. Yeah. Uh, it's a worthy adversary, I think, also to the shark. 
it has the right amount of play features. This toy comes from an era from before G.I. Joe forgot that they were doing toys. Because I think as fun as Pursuit of Cobra is, they'd forgotten they were making toys. And some of those toys, even though they're wonderfully sculpted for the adult collector, it's not a toy. That's really like a that's really like something that you put on a shelf and leave it there. So this toy has a lot of playability, and that's what first endeared me to it. It also looks very much like the the blue one, sea ray? the sea ray yeah. that splits into two, right? The glider and the sub in the front. Oh, I would prefer to forget about that part, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, this seems like a logical upgrade. So what really pulled me in was the uh, recolored lamprey in red and black. Ooh, yes. That was oh, a nice. fantastic uh, lamprey. And to facilitate the marrying of the lamprey to the vehicle, this yoke is actually a movable affair it actually comes out so it actually makes it seem like the vehicle was made to facilitate the vehicle uh, the, the figure rather than the figure just being thrown into the cockpit and doing nothing um they've also improved on this design of this because this notoriously used to break for me when i was a child opening and closing canopies i don't know if everybody had that problem so no, the fact so that the, the hinge joint is beefed yes. up on the rise of cobra version yes nice. so the fact that i could kind of ham hand this joint really makes me happy these are rotatable they're a little stiff on my the head. fans or the, the, the propellers sorry they thought about the stingray's actual design and they put a gun mounted on the actual stingray so <laughs> They did think about propulsion. Uh, it's got the claw in front, but it's spring-loaded. So that's... Yeah. I like that. And they even went as far, and the picture you showed doesn't show this, but the vehicle actually spreads apart in a very smooth motion to facilitate actual spring-loaded missile launchers. Now, this is the one time where that gimmick has been included in and integrated in such a way where the vehicle actually seems more fun to play with. And they didn't just end there. They actually went so far as to make it so that the wings can fold up. So that if you are storing the vehicle for, pretended, for pretend play, it does seem like it is meant to be stored in a hangar somewhere. And last but not least, if you aren't playing with it in the water, it actually has wheels underneath it. So you can roll <laughs> it around on the ground. So everything kind of married together to be a fun toy as opposed to just something to put on display or just a hunk of plastic to throw your guys in and i and yet like yeah. it, as you say it's 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 a fun toy it's loaded with toyetic features but it doesn't hurt the overall like realism of the piece nope. like there's nothing garish about it like a big handle trigger poking out of the back or like you know, it, it looks real world enough to to, to, to integrate in this yeah. kind of G.I. Joe versus Cobra fantasy. Yeah, man. I'm, had, I'm on the side for this. Weapon, you know, if it had a place to store the weapon, then to the because the figure does come with a weapon, which is unique for drivers. Uh, I would love to <laughs> I got that reference, the Barracuda. <laughs> but yeah, if they had a place to store his weapon, then this toy would be absolutely perfect. But as it stands right now, it's Perfect enough for me. Well, there's also no place for Baroness to ride, bitch, because we all remember that scene in the movie, <laughs> don't we? Where Duke yeah, yeah. and the Baroness are escaping the underwater Cobra lair. Only it's not That's called nice. Cobra back then; it's called Mars. Oh, for some, I don't know. 
bloody hell. We watch a G.I. Joe movie and we have to endure it for two hours before Cobra actually arrives. Anyways, um, it's the rise my criticism to that. It's not the, you know, <laughs> they have to rise Anyways. before they can be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, but, but okay. Cobra Commander announces that he is Cobra Commander and you are Destro and this is Cobra <laughs> and and he's basically just handing himself to the Joes on a silver platter. He's like, yes, no, I am the bad guy. Whereas at that point in the movie, he should be like, Cobra? Never heard of him. <laughs> anyway, it was also this painted is... on the side of the sub, which was weird because it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm the bad guy you're looking for. See, it's painted on the side of my sub. Any hooch, more vehicles. Let's talk about Valor versus Venom Ice Saber. Not to be confused with the Cobra Ice Saber from 1991. This is a G.I. Joe vehicle with a very sensible enclosed cockpit. It's true. And it actually has a troop transport in the back and can hold two men uh, in an enclosed It's like a area. jump seat, isn't it? Uh, in the back, 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 right? With the, with the ramp. Yeah. Yes, it's kind of a jumpsy. It goes from holding two guys to holding three guys. You know what I mean? Now, to me, and I'm willing to argue this with people, I think this is better than the Snowcat. Um, <laughs> Get the because, no, 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 no. The, the, the only reason why I say that is because the Snowcat, uh, the missile launcher. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got I a love boner, that. dude. Come on, man. <laughs> missile boner. <laughs> so, to me, it looks and feels more robust than the Snowcat. No, yes. it, it's it is well, also it comes from that Vela versus Venom modern era era modern era era <laughs> new sculpt <laughs> era where the toys were very hardy. They had that oh, glossy yeah. plastic. They were pre-assembled. They didn't have any kind of construction. They were ready to go out of the box. Correct. So they were. It was as if GI Joe had kind of dumbed itself down. It was like. Yeah, we, we can no longer trust people to assemble their toys. These things are too frail. Let's give them toy toys. I... Which must have, in turn, cost them more. Because, like, the G.I. Joe vehicles of the 80s and 90s were massive profit makers for Hasbro. They were selling you sprues of plastic. Pretty Did much. you have to even cut, cut off the damn thing and assemble yourself? What? Cut Funny off enough. the manufacturing cost. Funny enough, when I've bought some vintage vehicles, usually the first step I take is I actually take them apart and file down all those um, little nubs. little nubs that they left back, especially on missiles and stuff which came on sprues. It's... You are very brave. Disassembling vintage vehicles is heartbreaking. I like anytime yeah, I, I make a... a new stress mark appear, I freak out. Let alone if something yeah. actually cracks. <laughs> I, I use a lot of uh, WD forty and a screwdriver. And it, it works out okay, most of the time. And also, exactly. I'm, I'm, most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. So far, we're doing all right. But yes, this vehicle is a natural uh, evolution of the Snowcat to me. Snowcat's main problem has always been that it actually has no guns. So once it fires off its missiles, it's pretty much done. Um, this has a fair complement of guns on it. Now the, the the two guns mounted on the front skis, I can't. Uh, I can't applaud too much, but they're there. Um, <laughs> but the, the turret makes sense, and it does have missiles. It carries more people in an enclosed space than the Snowcat does as well, so it seems more multi-role. Is one it thing a two-seater up front? 
it is a two-seater up front. Two-seater up front, Excellent. one guy in the jump seat, and then you can store an additional figure in the uh, missile boner. Now, it doesn't... <laughs> It, it doesn't have any foot pegs. That's the biggest downside to this figure, to this vehicle. But uh, whatever. Now, the figure itself is also the Valor versus Venom style. But because these vehicles, I think, were sculpted with a lot more room, it facilitates vintage figure vehicles. And it looks just as good with them as it does with modern era figures. And I think because it can kind of span these three areas and is also more robust than the Snowcat, this vehicle became my go-to snow vehicle, aside from the rock slide and the battle bear. But you know, it was it re-released in Rise of Cobra, was it not? Yep. Uh, in blue, in blue as the ice dagger, I believe. Did but they this... retool the foot pegs? Does it have foot pegs? No, it has no yeah. foot pegs on it at all. Okay, so okay, so it is perfectly adaptable. Yes, this is Very the best good. one. If you can get one, this is the one to get. The ice mm. dagger is the color throws me off, and there's a um and there's a mail order one with, which is more of ice and forest kind of color scheme, and that's okay too. But this one in front of you, the gray color scheme, is by far the best looking one. So this is, this is horrendous term being thrown around nowadays. That GI <laughs> Joe is a fashion line. <laughs> and <laughs> it occurs to me that like if you were into your color coordination. This Ice Saber would not be a G.I. Joe vehicle at all. This would be the personal ride of Firefly. Mm. Yes. But I'm not into fashion lines and I'm not into color coordination, so (sighs) to hell with that. (laughs) I I will confess that um, my main reason why this vehicle sits on the shelf and doesn't involve much play, aside from... You know, my average temperature is no in Trinidad. No snow, right? <laughs> but the number of, of snow-specific G.I. Joes I own is like two, you know? So it's... Eh. Sadly, my mind... Actually, you guys gave me the idea of making little jackets for my dudes. And my <laughs> son was like, you know... We'll put Fashion them in line. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, Rob this and I really nice, had no though. snow in Cape Town. We used to just oh, yeah. put down white sheets. Same. White absolutely. sheets and pillows. Same. Absolutely. Totally Are you sold, Rob? I, I think I am. This would actually go really nice with the, the Rhino, I think, as well. It's That's essentially from the same time period, isn't it? It is. Funny you should mention, yes. And if you were to watch Sigma 6, I think within the first six episodes, you see them side by side. Like these, the the rolling wow. operations command center or the rock actually deploys these out of the back. Yep. No way. I mean, the toy the toy can't do that. Obviously, it's All not right. scaled to do that. But like, they're fighting in the snow, and these things are on board the rock, and they push them out the back. So there was this nice like crossover between the Sigma Six, obviously eight inch figures, and the vehicles. For the four-inch guys or three and three-quarter-inch guys that were available at the same time, they found their way into Sigma Six, and man, anytime you can sandwich awesome toy vehicles into a show, it's got my attention. You know, it doesn't matter what else happened during Sigma Six as long as I see the Rock, the Rhino, this Ice Saber, I'm a happy boy. I, I dare anybody to sit down and watch the first two episodes of Sigma Six. And say they didn't enjoy it. I think it's impossible. I think it's impossible. Hmm. First four episodes. Joe Berg, listeners, please. 
Can you watch Sigma Six on Hasbro? No, you can't. Yes, you yes, have to it's go on Tubi TV. It's all there. No, you can see it okay. on YouTube. Hasbro YouTube channel. Check it. Check it. First Get back to us. Let us know if the first two episodes don't grab you by the balls. The first four episodes. <laughs> it's, it's actually a four-part. Right? Nice, like, it's actually Sigma it's actually 69. a four-part. It's actually a four-parter. But if you can if you can just watch the first two episodes and say you didn't enjoy that, I I, I don't know what to tell you. It's they, they are it's action-packed stuff. Excellent. No robot dogs pissing on explosives in those episodes. That, that was in episode three. <laughs> Run away from that. <laughs> but, man. Firefly's a bad guy. Oh no, right. spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's have something a little bit more large scale. The Patriot Grizzly Tank. Another Valor versus Venom toy. Never played with it. It's huge, right? Have you got one, Holtz? I definitely have. All the vehicles on that list I either own or owned. So let me just move these guys. I I was gushing about this vehicle to, I think, Rob yeah. just the other day. Let me get it. Yeah, I remember this. It's, it's, it's so absolutely incredible. Here we have another vehicle that has a trigger. But you know what? Fortunately, folds I'm a, I'm a, back. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change a lot of people's. Hopefully, change a lot of people's um, impressions of this vehicle. So this vehicle is is big. This is a big, mm. big tank. But it's built very much in a believable modern fashion. This looks like an M1 Abram kind of thing. About yeah, a piece of have open hatches. Yeah. What? We have open the front is is perpetually open. It's got a yes. gaping hole. Well, not the... all of them. Funny, it has two positions. This one is is open for a driver. Mm -hmm. But this one, for some stupid reason, is perpetually open. <laughs> for some reason they labeled it as Wild Bill because he drove this tank in Valor versus Venom. <laughs> Someone doesn't know what's up. But anyway, so the tank is very much styled after the M1 Abram. And I like that kind of modern, uh, that modern aesthetic, which is what kind of pulled me into the vehicle. It has, of course, the main cannon. It is a spring-loaded cannon, but unlike the others, it, it's an auto-loader. Yeah. So gravity feed it feeds in and it's rapid fire it fires in rapid succession now the you have to shoot the camera i insist <laughs> sadly i took the batteries out because it actually requires batteries oh, to i do believe now it also has troop carrying capacity in the back that's I That's an engine, dude. You also, not put well, the other one's there. actually the engine. This is the engine. But yeah, That's you can throw weapons in there, whatever. Now, what really kind of kills me about this vehicle is that the um, a lot of people don't know this, but this entire line has this feature. But the entire uh, line has these fold-out handles. Now, this handle is not simply just like something to push your toy along. When you pull it on and turn the vehicle on, it actually makes a lot of engine sounds. But this handle is very functional because if you rotate it, 
<laughs> the turret rotates. And there's a trigger on it, which allows the cannon to fire. And last but what? not least, yeah, when you pull this trigger, it fires the cannon. And last but not least, the top nub on top here, if you rotate it, the it actually, top mounted 50. Yeah, rotates. it actually rotates the top mounted Brilliant. 50. And then the last thing is that it actually has smaller guns here, which I, in my imagination, pretend are, you know, for anti missile systems and stuff like that. And it also feels when you contrast it against the hiss, where American forces, I say America because it's a real American hero, they would come to the field with these larger vehicles. It feels like the hiss would be the right counter for it because it feels less men and it's high mobility. So they would be logically developed to fight against these more heavily armored vehicles. And to me, the Valor versus Venom line had two main Alpha class vehicles. This is one of them. The other one is the Thunderwing. And I think every collector should at the very least play with this toy because it plays very well it's just as tough as anything in the past i haven't thrown it at a wall but my son loves pushing it along granted it only has his little chinksy wheels but at the same time it it still clunks into glass uh, not glass grass really well none of the paint is chipped even though this toy is maybe five or six years old and we have not been easy on it and <laughs> as i said before it's that line that was kind of drawn in the sand where collector and toy kind of melded together into one. And for some reason, a lot of us let it slide and let this amazing toy kind of go, you know? Who and it's cruise it, Hans, if Wild Bill is off the table? <laughs> Wild Bill actually didn't come with this vehicle, which is kind of shocking because most of these vehicles came with drivers. This one did not, however. What? But who do you put it in? Who, who do you put in it? Man, Thunder! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sergeant, Sergeant Thunderblast? Are we talking about the modern era Thunder? The modern era one, that's all. That's fine. Frank and it's Joe. Thunder. We know it's Thunder. Thunder. Okay, wow. Rob. Are you going to be hitting eBay shortly? It feels Looking like episode 267 is basically Hans sells toys to Rob. Because like <laughs> all of these are so, are so cool. They're actually really cool. I haven't seen a single one of these things where I'm like, I don't like this. Torture side bots. Alrighty. I think we're going to wrap it up with the big ticket item as far as i can tell i mean look the patriot grizzly is probably the the most heavy plastic on your list but i'm mad about jets and i've never in my life played with the thunder wing from valor versus venom <laughs> but you're a big fan that <laughs> it's another missile boner of a vehicle yeah. but you can ignore it if you want you know what? I'm about to change your religion on that one too. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> but to put people in the frame, if you've never seen the Thunderwing, it's a two-seater gray, two-tone gray, well, mottled camo F-22 um, Raptor. Raptor, but it does the F-35 VTOL thing of uh, deploying a, a centrally mounted well, on the F-35 VTOL. It's, it's a 
it is a fan. It is a jet engine. But, mm. but on the Thunderwing jet, it's a multi-shot missile launcher, like a rotating barrel missile launcher. You know what? Hell yeah. I'm about to show you some crazy stuff. So so this is the F-20. This is the Thunderwing, right? You have to talk us through it as well, Hoz. So get ready. Yes. So this is the F-22, or rather the Thunderwing. I call it the F-22. It came with Slipstream, who I think is the best modern G.I. Joe pilot we've ever seen. Ever. Love for the Big Shoulder era. Nice. <laughs> this is, look, the Big Shoulder era gets a lot of flack, but the, a lot of the figures are very good. Look, the, I mean, look at that. As long as he stays in the cockpit. <laughs> I'll take him out for you, man. <laughs> I will not. Don't let him disrespect you like that, man. You gotta strut your stuff. Take him this. out. Look at that. The that web game, the building, the fact that the 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 mask hooks into the to the to the gear. He's got. I have no idea why pilots have that stuff in them, but there it is. And he's realistically oh, extra wedgy action. For extra wedgy action, he's not fluorescent green. He's not in pink. He's not in purple. He's in realistic <laughs> military colors. The neon era died. And this, you know, I'll gladly take this over a lot of that neon stuff. And he's got all the articulation of the old figures. Granted, he doesn't have the... Oh, he does. He is an O-ring figure. I did not know that. But he's an O-ring figure. With a metal I know crop. a little bit about... I know a little bit about uh, rigging harnesses. And I mean, I've never been a parachutist, but I imagine the same thing applies that when you are descending to the earth, you want your weight evenly distributed. So that's why all those extra straps go around the thigh and stuff. Yeah. So back to the vehicle. If I get inside mm. there, so the flight stick is there to be gripped. It has a throttle on the other side that can also be gripped. Um, mm. It's got all the detail. Granted, it's just a sticker, but it does have all the stickers and whatnot for the co-pilot as well. The seat isn't as detailed as the Ghost Striker, but it's enough and it's painted, which is which is wonderful. And it fits, of course, the Ghost Striker has a drop-off where the yes. figure's feet go like into the you know Fred Flintstoning into the cavity of the vehicle. <laughs> this, At least this looks like his feet disappear yeah. into a logical place. Mm. Yes, these disappear into a logical spot. Now, the spring-loaded missile launcher system. Notice, I didn't say the sist. I didn't say launcher. The system is in here. You did say the now, word launcher. Okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't fire from here. This is another autoloader. It fires from here. From underneath. From underneath. Oh, oh my word. Out. So, so you're only opening it to load it. To load the missiles. Yeah. So I this thought is the missiles the fire from the top of the jet from, from arc the over the cockpit. Nah. No. Holy no. They don't, fly, they don't arc over. They fire from underneath. So because this is famously the, the F-22 has internal ordnance stores. Yep. So this okay, is it's not the... coming from the same spot. They deploy no. from either sides. But that's a pretty cool toy approximation. Approximation? Approximation, approximation of that feature. <laughs> so they so. have so the handle folds down. This button is for guns. So you press this sound and it makes the machine gun noise. You press this, it'll make the missile noise and launch the missiles. 
So if I press this here, the missiles will come from here. See? Oh, just he just gave us a shot to the face. I think everyone in the audience <laughs> just felt very awkward at that point. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but so if I open this again, you'll see this is now missing two of the missiles because this is you very only good. loaded in here. You only loaded in here. It's not firing on an arc or anything. Now you'd swear that's all the features, but it is not. The boosters, you see how oh, you, can, yes. you can see how you can see through? Yep. They are it's a view master. Oh, if I put my eyes here, I see through the front. These and you see flames. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's even crazier is if I wrote so this point here is rotatable. Right? Sorry, wrong one. See, it's rotatable. What For happens? The listeners, he's twisting the essentially the the, 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 the jet engine nozzles, the rear right. so, thrusters. So you right what does now that do? You, so if I rotate, so right now, if you look through uh, this one, yeah, you got you a three D image of the Little Mermaid. Hey. <laughs> you see the crosshairs, right? So you're seeing essentially my cupboard behind you. But if I rotate this, it actually rotates the mechanism to these two panels down here. Now you're seeing straight below you. Uh, bomb drop. And then what okay, happens? So it, and it changes it does a the telescope lens, basically. Yes, but it also switches from missiles to bombs. Now, if I pull the trigger, the bombs will drop. That's so okay. Cool. So not only is it is it adjusting the sights from forward face forward looking to then looking down, but it also Genuine. adjusts the internal mechanism to not shoot missiles but to drop the but bombs instead. Bombs. Holy right. hell! And then, of course, in your standard GI Joe fashion, it has your deployable landing gear, which are pretty chintzy and and yeah. You know, they're not great, but you know what, man? Bit it chibi, but, but it doesn't well. Yeah, look, let's let's not lose sight of the fact that a properly scaled and properly proportioned F-22 will be a lot less fun to handle. This, this thing kind of this thing is pretty heavy already for a kid. I this I can't tell you, but this is a weighty toy. Um, also, mm. they did go out of their way to. Granted, it's just sculpt detail, but it is a machine gun in the right area where the F twenty two does have it. So the machine what? guns do make sound. Yeah, it's right there. Is the F twenty two's machine gun yeah. located on the top? Sorry, cannon. From, yeah, from what I've what I've heard. Weird, huh? Huh. Uh, so you think flash from below? The bombs are a standard G.I. Joe affair. They have, but the pegs are reversed so that the clip can let go. And it drops two sets of bombs. So if I press it again, it'll drop the second set. But as it stands, I do believe, and it's very durable. This thing is not, this is not cheap plastic. This is not our modern era bendy nonsense. And uh, as I said before, man, this is, the, it, it's from the same era as the Patriot Grizzly. And they unfortunately, we as collectors missed this line. So when I bought this, it was 25 US. But right now, if you go and look this up, you're probably going to pay 250 US because people are now coming on to the fact that this thing is a real toy and it's really good looking. And this is the designers. Coming to your house and I'm going to take yours on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. The F-22 does have its gun 
mounted on the top side of the fuselage. I've never yeah. known that. Well, the, the the guys at Hasbro at the time, the designers of the time, they knew. They knew their stuff. Go away thing on screen. No thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to show the viewers this beautiful shot of the cannon going. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Hans, I think that concludes our business for the evening. I know that I now have a very long hit list of toys that I never thought I'd need and now need quite badly. So, thank you. You thought you were at the end of your collection, Stephen, you. but we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. I, it's not I've, held, I've played with the Sky Striker and I've played with the Thunderwing and I know which toy is better. I know which I know which toy is by far better, and I also know my children have played with both, and I know which one they prefer as well. So they they've done. Hasbro gets a lot of flack, but it, during the nineties and the early two during the early two thousands, they did a lot of good work, and it's a shame that a lot of that work kind of went by the wayside, and we missed it. Because kudos to them, they were still very much in their prime for GI Joe in the two thousands, in my opinion. At least for well, the vehicle. Kudos to you for seeing the diamonds in the rough. Because let's face it, the new sculpt era particularly is so post post like the sweet spot of G.I. Joe. You know, us slightly younger fans, we champion the nineties stuff. But who's mm. championing the naughty stuff? Well, it takes someone like you, Hans, to, to Hans. really shine a light on that. Well, it's it says Antara in the comments here. It's it's incredible engineering in these vehicles, and if and can you imagine if yeah, if Hasbro had brought thought of bringing these out in the eighties or the nineties, then they really would have hit. I mean, it's just unfortunate they came out in that kind of in between period where not only now people are discovering them, and they couldn't go well, on to make if, even more incredible toys. It's as if the toys had to start to be marketed towards kids proper, whereas in the eighties they were making model kits. So mm. this level of engineering couldn't exist because you're essentially building the toys at home. Like the gimmicks yeah. had to be very, I don't know, very, very much quainter. Whereas yeah. these things take engineering, they have springs, they have lenses, they have electronics. So it was all factory made and it was all, I don't know, man. Was Hasbro just wiping their ass with dub, you know $100 bills at that stage? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> This vehicles, like these retail, these vehicles retailed for twenty five bucks. I don't know what the, Whew. yeah, I don't know Look, what it, what the. What I the, paid only forty dollars for my Desert Attack Chopper, which is the Night Attack Chopper, which is also a marvel of engineering, <laughs> electronics yes. mixed with actual rotating launching missile uh, tubes. Um, love that thing. Even the rotors spin when you pull the trigger, which is just how. Triggers all the way at the back, so there must be a a bar running. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's just fun. Imagine you're a kid again, Stephen. Don't think about how it does uh, the thing. Just amazing toys. But uh, I think we are gonna tie a bow on this chat and uh, take a trip into Postbox the Pit, where I received Whoa. a wonderful set of voice notes from Hillbilly Harper on Instagram, uh, who told me about. A recent, I suppose, uh, a sad story that had a very happy ending. He lost his mother-in-law to a house fire uh, mm. 17 years ago. She ran back into the house 
to get a sleeping three-year-old child. The child survived. The mother-in-law did not. But she had this wonderful, like, curios cabinet that had been preserved. I, I don't know if it was in the attic or in the basement, but it was still in existence to this day. And Hillbilly's wife dug it up and it didn't have any kind of uh, major damage to it. She was like, do you want this? Well, Hillbilly was only so honored to to take possession of this heirloom and fill it with his Joe collection. He sent me some mm. voice notes. He sent me some video clips. And I'd like to think that his mother-in-law would be only too happy to see her curios cabinet now see see use as a gi joe collection display so well, thanks nice. for sharing that story hillbilly yeah much appreciated man rob do you have a comment that you'd like to pull out of our last week's chat i know you weren't well, there for it but i wasn't there for, well, take a well, for well i'll i'll do one from the previous week now um oh, so good. we did from pixels to playtime and there was a fantastic comment from prohodaction who said like it you made epic brother that was awesome. fantastic. Love that. Keep up uh, the positivity, probably... guys. Exactly. That's all you need. Just to throw out the good words, guys. And um... oh, and then from last week's episode, unfortunately, I wasn't there. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Yes, I, I only pop up on episodes when you're not around. Um, but uh, my favorite comment <laughs> was actually Ryan's comment. He said, best episode ever. Oh, wait. I am biased. Thanks, guys, for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good times. Sorry, if I go quiet, it's because I'm muting myself so I can blow my damn nose. Oh my god, are you still sick? (laughs) Are you still sick, my dude? It's a new lurgy, Rob. It's it's life with a toddler in climates that are not as sunny as... I mean, to put things in perspective, this is the first taste of winter I've had in three years. And now I've got it with a 18-month-old. So he's streaming with snot. And when there just isn't a tissue to hand, you best believe I'm wiping that snot on my sleeves. So I think Hans off air uh, said that, you know, there's no way around it. You are essentially just going to be drinking your child's saliva and snot. <laughs> until eventually you become immune. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, as we as we do step out the door, I um, Zantara did mention in the, in the comments now, apparently... Henry Silver, who played the, I wouldn't even say he would be the villain of the of the, of Megaforce, but um, the oh, no. supposed antagonist actually passed away about three days ago. Henry Silver. Oh no! Oh, rest in From peace. Megaforce. Yeah. yeah, rest in peace, my dude. Ninety-five. Good Ninety-five years old. Wow! We should all That's be so incredible. lucky. Eh? For life. He but waited still, around a... for a sequel to Megaforce, and they never made it. He wanted to outlive the queen, and he totally did. He did. He managed. <laughs> <laughs> By a couple of days. Can I do? Can Hans, I do on the way out, dude. I want you to pimp your yeah, pimp Instagram us. account because Ooh. Infinity, dude. Everything. Your fan comment. Gorgeous. I need to do. I need to do one thing before I do that. Um, mm. One important Ooh. thing kind of happened, like when I joined Joburg, is I met a lot of really good people. Um, Gaz, Ryan, I mean, Darren, Railroad, you guys, everybody that I've met has been wonderful. But one of them who was I spoke to the most was really um, was Matthew Constock, who was, was he here with us today. And his birthday was just on the 14th. 
And I have to say, and I want to immortalize it, I suppose, by saying it here, is like, Matt, you're like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Thank you so much for talking to me, for being around with me. I don't have many friends down here. And ever since I got married, I find it hard to make friends in general. So it's really nice to me connect like that. So this week, I know you're an Iron Grenadiers fan. So I actually drew this for you, buddy. So I drew a female Iron Grenadier for him. I'm going to ink it up. And that's going to go up for you, buddy. And only for you. And uh, oh, big screen. Pick it up again, man. Sorry, I was Sorry. fumbling with other screens. But female so Iron Grenadier. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> and I she's gonna be gave her a kilt. I did, and she also has her. I don't know what that's called. Her tits. Whatever. The, no. The thing, <laughs> the thing next to the tits. What's it called again? The the, the shawl. It's a shawl. Right. All right. And, uh, We're good. And, the uh, thing next to the tit is the other tit. <laughs> boys, boys, boys. doing nice tartan colors and stuff. And the last thing, uh, I suppose that's my Instagram, is I do a lot of art. And recently I've been blessed enough to uh, be allowed the opportunity to do some artwork for an infinity book. Um, so I've been, everything pretty much goes up online uh, on my Instagram. You can find me at Instagram. Ooh. Yeah. You can put it up on, uh, you can find me on hands underscore chow. I do a lot of comic book stuff. I do a lot of artwork in general. Um, as along with my, what's it called? Uh, action figure stuff every now and then. Um, I also would like to promote exercising every day because I do that every day. And I think it's really healthy because I, if it's one piece of advice, I could leave this this chat with and, and indeed this, this uh, podcast with would be that just to remember that Exercise is painful, but we are not just the sculptors. We're also the marble, and within us is a perfect sculpture. So you have to suffer a little bit in order to get the best version of yourself out there. And I don't want anybody to live with that fear of thinking that they haven't lived their day to the fullest and been the best that they could, or gone through their entire life without seeing themselves at their best, not only mentally, but physically as well. So it's all nice and good, everything I've said, but just remember, be healthy, all right? Be healthy, exercise, eat right, be healthy. That's it. Jeez. Toy Damn. guru and life coach. Thank you, Hans. <laughs> Namaste, bro. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and now, no more stay. all right as always we love both hans chow and the rest of the berg force for their very very generous support thank you thank you to all these fine folks uh if you would like to become a supporter of the channel we'd love you too Uh, gi joe berg patreon slash link in the description below you know the drill yeah that one but of course, your <laughs> likes, your shares, your listens, your hits all help. Um, we do this Comments. for the love every week, but it's wonderful to see the response as well. Uh, it's not just, a, as I say all the time, a message in the bottle. We've got this echo chamber of G.I. Joe fandom. And even when times are tough and toys are lean, there's always something cool to talk about in this amazing hobby of ours. So let me hear a righteous Yo, Joe. Yo, Yo, Joe! Joe. <laughs> <laughs>